Okay, good evening everybody. Um, I was just noting that um, this week's, this, this, I saw that the Shoal Amachad was open this week. Uh, and when I say open, I mean open, no masks, normal, Baruch Hashem. It's, it's, it's amazing uh, how all of a sudden, voila, you know, everything changes. Obviously, I'm, just, I'm not going to get into the details of it. Um, obviously, two years ago, and even for way past that, there was a severe danger. And then sort of of politics. Uh, I don't think last week versus two weeks ago, there's obviously a certain amount of politics and the fact that there's elections and stuff like that. But that being the case, obviously COVID did change the world. And as I, when I started this, um, when I started this year, if you remember right after Sukkot, uh, my, my real motivation um, was, it was Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Besides, I wanted to see everybody or, or for the people who don't get on here during the week, who listen to it and take notes and email me, whatever, to connect with everybody who, in general, to give a shit like this for, for people who listen from wherever they may be, because um, it's online, it's on, on different websites. Um, but besides all of that, it was also because I was thinking to myself, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we need so, we know this year we had so many unknowns and uh, and so we need, we need Rachmi Hashem, not just the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we need Hashem's mercy throughout the year. And I thought of the Sefer, which many people learn in Elul. Um, and, and if we live, it's certainly the, the beginning, the first part of the Sefer is all about the 13 Midas of Rachamim, of mercy, that if we um, are living up to and thinking about beyond ourselves, that we bring Rachamim to the world, bring mercy uh, to to, to uh, the world, and I found how important it is in this world that we're living in today, with so much instability domestically, internationally. Then I thought this. Um, then um, did do we need rachame uh, shamayim? Uh, you know, I must say that you know when you look at the world today, um, I I never thought you know, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur about Ukraine and Russia. Well, it was just like two years ago, plus, and we didn't have to about COVID and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Iran, and just, by the way, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep in this right now. Uh, obviously, with Iran, there, there's, even as the world is crazy in Europe, they're, they're looking to sign a, a deal which would be terrible on many levels for Eretz Israel, for Israel. Um, which would be extraordinarily dangerous. Uh, and, and by the way, that's not my opinion. That's the opinion of pretty much everyone but the far left of, in, in Israel. Um, if anyone who saw the news that even the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia did not return Biden's call, who now, is now desperate for their oil, because of Russia, because they hate this deal. Um, but beyond, uh, beyond that, you know, I would never have thought Russia and Ukraine. Russia and Ukraine. And, Nabuch, you look at the world right now and the pictures. Um, I haven't even had time to spend so much time. I know people look at the news all the time. Baruch Hashem, I've been super duper busy with many things in life um, and learning Torah first and foremost. But, but, but that being the case, I mean, you, one can only, you know, the little or a lot that we see, to see the human pain. Uh, someone was telling me yesterday, uh, a Harusa mine, He's in Kashrus, one of my Kharusas. 
and he told me he spoke to a mashkiach in Greece. This mashkiach in Greece was a Chabad individual, and his sister was in Kharkov. Kharkov is on eastern Ukraine. That's one of the battle sites. Um, and she had to leave. She had given birth to a baby, her 12th child, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly from the conversation. And a few days later, she had to leave, run for her life with her, all of her children that were in the house, end up in Bulgaria for four days, and finally get to Eretz Yisrael. Most likely, that family will never go back to Kharkov again, because unlikely there'll be a community there again. I mean, just like the turmoil, the upheaval. But beyond that, beyond the raw human suffering, uncertainty, um, you know, let me just be frank. And it's not to be doomsday. I don't, I don't think we're anything near that. But, you know, the potential for this to escalate is enormous. Uh, and I mean enormous. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, Putin, I think they're being crazy with him. And I mean crazy. I'm sorry, I keep saying I mean because I... I you, 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 you know, the Torah says when you have an enemy, you can't surround him on four sides. Why can't you surround an enemy on four sides? Because if you don't give them an escape route, they will go crazy. They have no, they, they have nothing to lose at that point. So you still should fight them, but give them a way out. They're boxing Putin in. Now, which in theory, if the boxing a, a small country and or a country that doesn't have nuclear weapons, one thing when you box. Russia with Putin in, and he's already talking about nuclear weapons, that's extraordinarily dangerous. <coughs> People may say you want to destroy him, you should get power, 100%. 100%. But you can't box a guy like that in and, and don't think there's consequences. I mean, he, in a moment of desperation, who knows what a guy like that can do. Now, what does that mean for you and I? <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot. But, but certainly it means that we have to be picking up our game. Um, you know, it, it means that we need tremendous rachamei shemaim, tremendous siyata deshmaya, tremendous bracha for ourselves and for the world, um, and we should not be oblivious to it. And and, uh, and, and you know, I obviously, I'm sure people on this call and people otherwise have donated to the Ukrainian Jews or whatever the situation in Ukraine, or however you may want to do it. That's for sure a big mitzvah. Um, but, but that, I'm going to be frank, uh, it's not enough. <laughs> when you see something like this going on, and, it, and again, if it would be, let's say, uh, United States and I don't know, Germany, or Russia and Germany, well, it's not like the nuclear weapons. I mean, we're talking about potentially, who knows what could possibly happen? I mean, I'm not saying that lightly. You just had COVID for two years. Like, who knows what the... So why does it mean we should walk around in like a Cuban Missile Crisis? No, but it means that we have to realize that if Hashem is allowing this to happen, then Hashem has been geysers in the world, we're supposed to be bettering our game. We're supposed to be improving. And, you know, again, if somebody tells me that they're stuck off, they were giving 10%, not giving 12%, 13%. They actually giving more stuck than they used to before. That's amazing. But for most of us, most of us, it's just we're allocating our stuck off. It's 10%. We're picking the 10% we want to give to, and, this, and obviously this is a human crisis. So we're choosing to give to Ukraine, which is wonderful and a mitzvah, but it's not changing us, right? And really, at a time like this, we need to be working on ourselves and changing ourselves. Um, and so I think actually tonight's, uh, well, I'm not sure how much we'll get through, 
But we're learning tonight, which is Malchus, which is kingship, which is, you know, the, the ultimate of this world is certainly pertinent and certainly germane to everything that's going on in the world. Uh, and the most important thing, as, as I mentioned, um, is that we should be... Um, we should be changing ourselves and not just watching this thing go on. And again, I don't want to say that staka is not great, but most people I speak to, like they feel that they if they follow the news and give staka, they've done a great thing, and that's not enough. <laughs> that's just not enough. Uh, it's not enough. It, it means that you're that we you know it me, it means something. I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything, but it's not enough. By the way, malchus is called the zayar. The zayar. I'll say actually in English. The the, the zayar in 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 tikkune zayar um, is compares malchus to the moon, which has no light of its own, um, and um, malchus, of course, is the revealed world. It's the world that we're in. Uh, it's the world where Hashem. It's the receptacle of all of the all of the other. It's the lowest with the lowest of all of the ten spheres that Hashem gives to the world. It's actually, like the Kabbal, what accepts it in the world. So says the Torah Devar. Says the Ramak. We Lukulan, first set of Malchus to emulate Hakadosh Baruch Hu in Malchus Right, that whatever you get in this world, whatever Hashem gives you in this world, a person should not be haughty. A person should not be arrogant. A person should not let it go to their head. If they always, always be like a pauper. Even though you're the king of the world, the king of Israel, uh, a billionaire, a millionaire, uh, a regular person, you have to always view yourself like a pauper. Because in one minute, in one second, your life can change. Just Nebuch, I saw yesterday briefly about a father who was driving a car in Lakewood, New Jersey. Lakewood, New Jersey. Father of five children, you know, started driving the lane, and a car came flying through a stop sign, wherever they did. Hit the car, the guy died on 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 and instantly. And it, it, could, it could have been I don't know I don't know who's wealth I don't know what he has. You know, but in one second a person's life can change. We are always. What doesn't make a difference who you are, what you are, what you think you are. You're an ani. We're always aniim. We're always poor. We always need Hashem's rachamim. We always need Hashem's mercy. Yasim atzmo tamid kaani. Yamin atzmo. When we come to Davin, you have to stand. In front of your, your creator, in front of the person who owns us, Kedal, like a pauper, Shayel, begging, and asking, not take nothing in life for granted, not a person's health, not a person's wealth, not a person's, your rabbi in Kharkov today, who would have, who, six weeks ago, this rabbi in Kharkov, who now is living in Israel, had to run to Bulgaria to get out with a baby, a million years he didn't think he'd be in Kharkov. In a million years, who knows <coughs> what, what tomorrow could bring? A person needs constant, constant rachmei shemaim. Lahargo, atzvu midazu. A person has to accustom themselves with this character trait. Even if you are wealthy, even if life is dandy and swell and great, and everything seems just wonderful. There's nothing. There is zikr, there's nothing that's guaranteed, there's nothing that can't be changed in a, in a, in a second. And a person is, is abandoned and he needs rachmi Hashem. 
Um, he's realized all he, he has is his bread and he has nothing else. A person has to humble himself and, and so to speak, impoverish himself. To look at themselves as they need Hashem's bracha wherever they are and whatever their status is at that time. Certainly when you're praying, when you're davening, she's a school in the flaw. This is a tremendous, a school of course means something which is very auspicious to do, that, that, to get the results you want. So this is a school of the for your prayer to be answered. And the opposite, I mean, uh, and the opposite is, if a person is haughty, if a person um, is arrogant, they forget about Hashem, what do they forget Hashem? They focus on themselves. Yeah, you know, there's Hashem. They're religious Jews. They kosher, the machmer, the whatever chumas they have, right? They, they keep Shabbos and they 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 give staka, they give staka, and they do a lot of things and they do chesed. But you know what? In life, they're feeling comfortable. They have a nice house, Silicon Valley, car, right? Healthy. Oh, they go jogging on the creek. Life is good. Biking, whatever they may want to do. Um, and they have a good job, and and their kids are fine. And life is great, and, and and they forget about Hashem. What do they forget about Hashem? They think what they have is theirs. It belongs to me. It's fine. Come to me. Come comes to me. Shashicha chitzaynis matriyasham. You can easily forget, uh, and you forget Hashem. You think that that you that you because you work in Google or in Yahoo or in Intel or in Kaiser or wherever a person may work. Whatever a person may do, life is good. Um, and you have nothing to worry about, nothing to... Of course, with Hashem is a little part of it. We'll, give, we'll bring Hashem a vessel into life as well. I'll give him a little, little space in our life. We'll squeeze it in. You know, davening, I will bench three minutes. I can read the paper for 30 minutes, but I'll squeeze in a three-minute benching. Once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pray. But, you know, my, when I'm davening, I'll, I'll tour the world, go, go shopping, Oh, I'll think about Ukraine. I'll think about Ukraine during that morning. As I'm saying, Maidim, thanking Hashem, I'm thinking about Kharkov, or Kiev, or Lvov, right? And as a person saying, Jerusalem, they're thinking about Poland and Migs. You think that's a thing about Hashem? Migs in the middle, and Poland in the middle of Yerushalayim? What about Hashem? What about the base of Migs, which is destroyed? Um, that's around the Valcha. person is haughty. They think they control it. They're up to them as a David. Now, David, I'm going to do a couple of commentaries soon because this is so important in general and in particular in our time. But David is not even the zoo. Harvard. David himself would, was David who was the Melech Yisrael. Now, David had, was trained as a young boy who was ostracized by his family. Um, Whose yichos, whose lineage was questioned, um, who his own father-in-law tried to kill him, um, you know, who had all kinds of to be humble. But even when he became successful, even when he was the most powerful king, even when Hashem had all kinds of promises for him, he never lost track of what he really was. That he needed Hashem's mercy. He never stopped real, with the realization that even David, whoever you are in this world, person is completely, totally unrach, dependent on Rachmei Hashem. Sha'amar, it says in Tehillim and Psalms, Ki yachid v'ani ani. I am singularly and poor. I'm poor, I need 
שמשרי כל אנשי בייסו, כל אחד ואחד צריך להעזר לעצמו, מה כולם אליו אפילו איש דבר מה יועילו ביוס נשפט לו לפני הבורו, בייסוק נשמסו, כלום יובל אלו עד קבו. He says at the end of the day, even my family, I'm still a singular person, which means a person physiologically, psychologically, emotionally should love their children, their family, their friends, but at the end of the day, you either perform in this world or you don't. A <laughs> person, person either does what Hashem wants from them, from them they're, they're judged on themselves. Now obviously, how we treat others, our family in particular, but still, a person's responsible for themselves. It's very easy to blame others. You're, you're a yachid. David will himself as he is responsible for himself, for his actions, for his deeds, for his potential, for what he's doing, because no one else is being buried with him. You're buried by yourself. Actually, the one exception is your spouse, and Shema, I'm not going to go there right now. Maybe I think we'll touch about it a little bit later. You're by yourself, but he also uses us as an ani. An ani is a poor person who always needed Hashem. Mahem, lo be'is dinam mi'pesach ha'kera elach l'fif. And in a judgment, you go from pesach, come from the grave. L'fif re'ashpil, a person should lower themselves, and they should be misak, and they should do this idea of always viewing themselves as poor. Now I see over here, Ramat Tzal Salman, in his commentary, he quotes the Mishnah and Avas. The Mishnah and Avas says the following things: Mishnah Perak Beis, Mishnah Yud Gimel. Shatam Espalo, when a person davens, Al Tas Tilascha Keva, don't make your prayer routine and rote. El Tachanunim, if you viewed yourself as begging for mercy, you you should supplicate. Lifni Hamalkom Berakom for Hashem. Blessed is the Mivar, Rabbeinu Yehina. Now, Rabbeinu Yehina, of course, was the great 13th Spanish sage, or the author of a very famous commentary, not only on Elvis, but on, on, uh, uh, on Masechus Brachas and other Masechus. He wrote, of course, Shari Tshuva, Gates of Repentance, and it was, it was, it was a Mechutan, uh, uh, an in-law, and the cousin of the Ramban, Nachmanis, who is Shemar Tefillah Ka'ani. How do you pray like a poor person? Hamishanen, if to if to supplicate Vishal and ask Davar Shutzarech, Kitachanunim, who supplicates, who begs, who asks, who cries, Arash, a poor person, a person who's desperate, a person who feels a need, a person who feels un- that they can't, they need help, they need help, they need help. Veloka Adam Hashel, not like a person who says, please help me, <laughs> you know, please help me, or okay. Not like a person who asks for himself or doesn't really need it. Shein mischanen believe no moch. They don't ask with a with a with a lowly heart. Below b'shuvah nefesh. At some level, they're broken. Bechol ish tzarech hainu levakish on nefesh. They're asking for themselves. Ki adam. Right. He says the person first of all, nothing. Who doesn't sin? Why? Do you, who said you deserve anything? Kamaliti alav hatfilah kamasoi. Certainly, prayer should not be like a a burden. Kind of. I got a bench. You got a bench. I got you want to. He'll say it's lovely. That's person doesn't view as a burden. I, I, I'm gonna, you know, he, he person looks at davening like, okay, I got this, do this, get ready, get ready. Uh, stuck. No, davening is an opportunity. Person needs mercy. Person needs a relationship with Hashem. Talking to the creator of the world when you daven. 
routine, okay, I got to pay my duties, pay my taxes, Tashem. Oh, Shemar Kichanan, right, we say in, in Yoyina, which we say, read on Yom Kippur, Kichanan v'rachom hu, Hashem is compassionate and merciful. Erech ha'pai v'yisol te'engar of chesem v'nicham al-ara. And he, and he forgets, goes over the evil. Kichol adam. everyone needs rachem. He says, well, the words are been in Yoyina, by the way, in Anavas. Everyone needs mercy. V'mesachek eslo ha'shah, things are going great. Fantastic, wonderful, wonderful. Hashem is giving you the chance to, to perform. It's not because you deserve it. You don't deserve anything. Maybe you'll lose favor otherwise if you don't think. Could be that person has a sin where they can lose this. Um, that's what, that's what Matasel said. This, this of us, what Vinayan is talking about over here. Is exactly that that a person always has to be davening, davening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, praying. She in. Um, let's see for one second. This is a big, big, big yisoid in tefillah. The tells the Rosh Hashiva David Goldberg. He says the following: It says skula, skula. And I, I heard this many times actually. So he says the following thing. It's a school that we sh- our, tfir- our prayers should be answered. He says, the Talz Rosh Hashanah is the following thing. The same mazel, the same faith. We didn't shabbat the same same judgment. One gets killed, and one goes gets goes down to the gallows and is saved. Uh, and it says why the Talmud says why was one saved and one was not saved. This person who davened a tefillah shleima, a full prayer, his prayers were answered, and therefore he was saved from the gallows. Izelo, he spelled tefillah shleima. The other person did not daven a, a proper tefillah. Loi nena, they were not answered. What does that matter? What's what is tefillah shleima? That a person can be answered or not answered. Zakt Rashi, tefillah shleima is niskaven. It's that they davened. They davened. They had kavana when the person davens. Is it butter? <laughs> what does that mean? It's clear. He says the efshlafarsh, the person who davened. And was not answered. It didn't. Ha- it didn't. He didn't have kavana. He just davened out of rote, right? Um, person's going to the gallows, or they're a choyla. They're very sick, and they're both. One person will die from the sick, and someone will not. Of course, they're gonna. They're gonna daven. What? So he explains the following thing. He says that, like the mission of us that I quoted before, when the Mishnah says, "Don't make your prayers like rote, rather like mercy and supplications in front of Hashem," Rashi there says. Uh, right? It means um, you. It means you have to view yourself as shleima. Completely means wait. The says it as you are totally dependent on Hashem. Not that you have, not that you have even kavana the words. You are totally, completely dependent on a kaddish baruch Right? When a person davens that way. 
It's a different prayer. Then they're answered. I also quote Reb Tzadik HaKohen. Reb Tzadik HaKohen was one of the greatest uh, Hasidic masters at the end of the 19th century. Uh, he lived in Lublin. He's a tremendous Torah scholar, and especially in the, in the works of the Maharal and other Kabbalistic work, works. So he comments on David HaMelech. We mentioned that David, whenever he would daven, even when he was the king of Israel, even now he was the king of Israel, he was the most powerful king in the world, right? He was a powerhouse. He had his David HaMelech, said, Ani Tefillah. When, when we say in Tehillim and Psalms, David says, Ani Tefillah, I am prayer. I am prayer. It says, Is Lahaker, David recognized? Shakom Hashem everything is from Hashem. So I'm prayer because whatever I have is only because Hashem gives it to me. Uh, everything has prayer. Because now the science, right? It says actually, it says in the very from that David says in Tehillim, a prayer for a pauper, he puts on his talis, Lifne Hashem, Yishbach Sichon, because in Tehillim, Kof Beis, 102, Tehillim 102. He pours his heart out in front of Hashem. For Ani Kosichaso, a poor person, a real person, a person who feels spiritually poor, a person who feels needy, just kind of needy for guilt, for money, a person who feels that they need Hashem, and they pour out their heart in prayer. Shazel Kosichaso, Shvicha, Shiva, Libo, they pray to Hashem. And by the way, that means even when life is good, David, he realized that the moment of greatness, a person needs Rachme Hashem. Wherever and whatever he was, he felt like that. I mean, whether he was in Kharkov, or when his father was trying to kill him, or he was king of the world, eating the best foods at his table if he wanted them, he still felt like a pauper who needed Hashem's mercy, who felt like everything comes from Shemaim. And he said, it's not just he needs to pray, he is prayer. That everything they have... The only thing they have is prayer. He elaborates on that. So this is how we daven. So just the first thing you want to note, Purim actually, I had a share last last year I gave to the ladies of J- Joan Dax Beisakov in Chicago. It was an online Zoom share. It was on the power of prayer on Purim. If anyone emails me, I'll send them a link. Or you could look on Think Torah. It's online or on a couple other websites, uh, wherever they, wherever that's found. It's called the Power of Prayer, uh, uh, Perm and the Power of Prayer. So uh, one one thing is, uh, uh, you know, again, if you're looking at Ukraine. It shouldn't just be a reminder. We have to daven for the Yidden of Ukraine, for the peace of the world, for our own safety, safety of Jews in Israel, because this whole how else would come out. But it's a reminder to all of us that nothing is guaranteed. In two minutes, the world could change. It should be reminded that we're always aniyim, we're always poor, and that we need to daven every tefillah, every prayer in this way, and certainly on Purim, which the Arizal says is a Yom Kippur is compared to Purim. Purim is one of the most auspicious days of the year to daven, right? A person should be planning. And by the time it's Esther is also a super duper day of tefillah. A person should be allotting extra time for Purim. Coming to Shul early in Purim. In Lakewood, the Vesikin Minion, the Minion where you dominate at daybreak, is packed on Purim. People say all of Tehillim on Purim. People add, if you can't see all of them, they add Tehillim on Purim. 
Because it's not just that we're a poor person, we're, we're a poor person in a day where the Melech HaOlam, the King of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is giving out. And if we believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we know that we need Racham HaShem, then certainly Purim is the best day to daven. We know that the whole Purim story revolves around tefillah. That when the Jewish people started davening, all of the world changed because of their tefillah. So this is applicable every day of the year, but just right now, when you see what's going on, should be a reminder that don't we should not take anything for granted for us, not just in Ukraine. Of course, we should feel the pain in Ukraine, daven for that. Of course, any human being with a with an ashama with a heart will think about that. But it also should be a reminder for you and I. Nothing is nothing on it is is is, is guaranteed. I just I, I want I don't want to go too much farther because the truth is I, I wanted to focus on this and I don't want to go on to Yiras Shemayim. Um, which is the next thing which he elaborates on because I, I think this is enough to focus on. But I just want to just, here's one more part over here. It's a little bit of a high level, but it's, um, it's still worth it to say because it's somewhat connected. And I don't know, just, I'll just do it tonight and then we're going to hold. Um, he also says, and it's connected to, in Malchus, in this, they're not being hard, he is, the quotes of Zayar, very important. Yigala. Now, whoa, this is like a level which is not you and I are holding, but it's still kedai here. It's still worthwhile here to exile oneself. Now, exile. I mentioned this family from Kharkov. Um, and they got into Eretz They lived in place for years. You know what? This, the kids lived in place. Everyone. I look back on my grandparents. Like people think when the Holocaust was over, okay, life went on. We have Ross, who's. Uh, from the, the, the heads of the Silicon Valley Holocaust Association, you know, it, after the Holocaust, after the Holocaust, my grandparents were in DP camps for about three to four years, depending on who. Uh, four years in a DP camp living in, in four years, that's, that's like a long time. And then after that, they moved to America. They didn't know a word of English. They didn't get apartments, minimal assistance, they had to start their lives from scratch after being traumatized for a decade. Not, not, not days, a decade. 1939, the war started. In 1949, they're leaving the DP camps. So then now, they're starting their life from total scratch. They all lost all their relatives. My mother's parents lost their first spouses, children. They got to start from scratch. right? And they're doing it in a place they don't know anyone. Their relatives were all murdered. You know, that is gullus. I mean, you're starting from exile. You, you, have no, you have no security. You know, when you move to a new place, um, you, you lose who you are in a sense because you had friends, you had establishment. Uh, and certainly if you have a place where nobody knows you or you're moving around. So this, uh, gullus is very, very humbling. Humbling. It, it, it puts a person, you know, is that, you know, where you could be a, a, the king of your shul, or the king of your neighborhood, and you go to a neighborhood where nobody knows you, you're a normal person, or you're a nobody. <laughs> you know, no, who are you? Who do you think you are? So, Yigala, Mimakam, Lamakam, Mipersh, Yigala, Makam, Lamakam, Lashem, Shamayim, for the sake of heaven. Now, Lashem, Shamayim means, whoa, that's a very high level. That means not even, there's the idea that they used to go around and exile themselves, the Volnagoyan, he exiled himself for a, a, a while in his 20s. No one knows exactly why he did it. He probably, I can assume he did this for this reason, to feel the gullus of Hashem. Just like Hashem is not connected to 
the base of Migdash, we're in, we're in exile here, and to be able to feel what it means not to be connected to the, what's called Tsar Hashchina, the pain of Hashem's presence in the exile, Begalas, that it, we, we, we sometimes focus on our pain. Right? When Hashem, the Talmud says, the Zohar elaborates, that when, when there's no, the main things are destroyed, there's a tremendous pain in Shemayim. So there's one level of being doing Golas, it's Mechaper Avonas, it atones for sins, because it's humbling. It's another level to actually do it for Shemayim. When you do this, if you're actually a chariot, a receptacle to feel for Hashem, who's not, there's no base in English, he has no house. Obviously, Hashem is omnipotent and all-powerful, it means, but as, as we understand it. I'm taking, I'm going, I'm traveling. Some of the early Hasidic masters, we, I remember several, several years ago in San Jose, Chanach Teller came by Chanach Teller, showed his Noam Eli Melech film, Eli Melech Malizhinsk, uh, went into Galas and traveled around from place to place. Uh, in order to feel the tzara shechina, the pain of shechina, the galus, amayase covered galua shigalus shechina v'kilah. You're just walking around. You're not established. L'zemi yimalat b'kilah. It's something the people, um, you know, take less. But most important, the main thing is v'yachniel levavo begoyla. Your person humbles himself, and at the same time, obviously, connects to Torah. A person goes into galus and loses themselves, like some people would do, and which is. It's a much higher, higher level. That's not the point. person humbles themselves, learns Torah, does mitzvahs, but doesn't have that stability. Uh, um, uh, then it's, it's a humbling thing. Now, this is a very high level, but the point is for you and I is to, to, be, to be cognizant that humility and to realize, think about it, thinking about Hashem. And it, this is one aspect that we have to realize we're a poor person. For Hashem, another aspect is to feel that the world without Hashem being the Yisraelish is an imperfect world, very far from it. And when we're in Galus, you know, we can actually feel it more. Doesn't mean none of us. I'm just speaking very frankly. No, no one on this call, not myself, no one else, that this level to do this necessarily. But the concept we need to appreciate. The but we could say Gerishin, the to base Um You know, to have a little bit less. They would, they would push themselves to their comforts of their home. You know, today, I think people tend to, you know, when uh, you ask them why you go learning, you do this. People, they do it when it's comfortable. When it's nice and easy, and you know, and they get a good night's sleep, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, a person should push themselves. Sometimes you have to even exert yourself to get out of your comfort zone, to exile yourself from your house. Imagine that. Exile yourself from your house. Go to the base marriage, go to the place of Torah. Right? Walk, walk it even. Take, make the extra effort to, to do it. Um, and, if, you know, it's, it's leave the comforts of, of your home. Break your body a little bit for Hashem. Push yourself a bissel for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You should push yourself Good. Part of this is humility. Part of it is recognizing what life uh, is really all about. He's going to continue, which will be we'll do after Purim, 
on, on, on Malchus, but I, I just, you know, I think it's very easy to miss two things right now, which I want to just stop here and not go further. I think it's very easy for all of us. Um, this is, you know, I remember two years ago I wrote an article on COVID and I said it was the most disruptive event since the Holocaust, since the World War II. And it's, you know, changed the world. Um, but this really is, since since the World War II, the most, the biggest crisis in Europe has probably had at some level. I'm not, I mean, there's Cold Wars and there's, but this is like refugees and just, the, it, it's, it's a tinderbox. Now, nothing better will happen, but the potential for escalation is, is, is beyond comprehension. Um, because, again, I think they're making a mistake by boxing him in, and that's my own opinion, but it's based on the Torah. I, I am, but be, even if they weren't boxed in, there's just so many things that potentially should go, could go wrong. And it's a reminder that all of us, I mean, all of us um, need to be misbelled for ourselves as well, not just for Ukraine. We certainly should be changing ourselves because of Ukraine. But part of the change, I believe, I strongly believe, is not only to daven for the Jews there, for the peace there, uh, there are a lot of Jews who are suffering, a lot of people who are suffering, but for when we daven, to realize we are missing the boat if we don't daven like a person running for their life. Because we're always, always dependent on Hashem. And to take, so the first thing I would hate for anybody to miss what's going on in the world and to be oblivious for what Hashem wants from us. That's change. I'm just sharing one important idea tonight of how we should be davening, which is literally what we learned in, in the ninth parak of Tamar Devara. Uh, and number two is not to miss Purim itself. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it, people. If you have a goal, an opportunity like Purim, put time and invest in it. Plan ahead of time. They should have time to daven, to get the shul on time, to get the shul early, even better. Focus to be focused. Obviously, to to stuck and everything else, but also to and all the mitzvahs. But also to feel like again, I I, I don't, I'm not sure the other shares. I know that I gave a share last year on the power of prayer, on, of prayer, which is, I think it's a worthwhile listen to if you haven't, haven't heard it. Um, and as far as the Gullahs, I, 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 you know, the, this last point, I'm just, it's, you know, I think it's also important for us to realize that whether it's Ukraine or any other pain in this world, it's because the Shina is not in the base of Megdash. And, you know, I don't think we're going to Gullahs voluntarily, as Hashem, we shouldn't be involuntarily. Um, but to the extent we realize and we humble ourselves, whether sometimes when you go to a new place or you go to new surroundings, to remember that it's not just about you. It's the Hakash Barucho. The world is lacking majorly. Uh, and on that note, one of the ways you can bring more Hashem in this world is to push ourselves. Vaisai, I'm going to end how we started. It's not enough to just give tzedakah. Not because of Ukraine and not because of Perm. And, I, and I'm not picking on tzedakah. I'm only saying that because everybody I have spoken to, their reaction to me has been, I've given charity to Ukraine. And Ashreichem, the Toivlachem, that's amazing, that's great, especially if you've given more money, that's even better. That really shows you care about Ukraine, and it's not just realigning your stucca. Um, but more important, or as important as I should say, is to change ourselves, to realize that Hashem is not just doing this to Ukraine, He's doing this to the world, and it's a wake-up call for you and I and everybody else. We should have a Freilich and Purim. We should take advantage of Purim and Shushan Purim 
and Tanis Esther. In Mirza Shem, it should be of an hapachu, the world should turn to the better, with bracha and shalom for us. We'll hold here. Thank you very much.